you guys what's going on welcome to the camera adds 10 pounds that's right i'm your host peter sirs what's up and before we start i gotta let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at perfectshaker.com perfect shaker has all of your fitness accessory needs if you want a shaker cup with a cool logo on it boom they got it you like baseball they got shaker cups with baseball teams you like superheroes they got shaker cups with superheroes you like game of thrones you see what i'm doing you see what i'm saying they have the best shaker cups leak free guarantee and also the plastic is recyclable uh, recycled plastic, I should say, so it saves the ocean, and they donate a little bit of money to the ocean. I forget the percentage. Sorry, guys. Um, also, they also have wrist straps, wrist, wrist, uh, wrist, wrist straps, wrist wraps. Two different things. Workout towels. They have the best workout towels. Pill containers. Uh, meal prep containers, meal prep bags, all those things. So do yourselves a favor. If you have a fitness lover in your life, or if you are the fitness lover in your life, go to perfectshaker.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds, the word 10, the word pounds, you will save 15% off of your order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. What's Bucked Up? Well, they're a supplement line out of Utah. You're welcome. And uh, I love them, dude. Like, I take all their shit. I take a lot of supplements from them. If you're trying to lose weight, they got supplements for that. If you're trying to gain muscle, they got supplements for that. If you are, you know, getting a little bit older and you're a dude and you want stuff to help boost your testosterone, they've got stuff for that. They got creatine. They got amino acids, you know, pre-workout, post-workout, all the things that you need for your fitness goal. If you want to run marathons, they got shit for that too. So do yourselves a favor. Go to buckedup.com. Enter the promo code 10 pounds, the number 10 the word pounds you will save 20% off your order what um i gave you guys a really short podcast last week and it was just what it was man it was not my mind and i just had to get it out there i gotta do these once a week you know no matter what so there you go um i would like to uh i'm hoping i can get through this episode i got some shit going on so i might have to end this one short as well (laughs) sorry just me I think I told you guys a few weeks ago, but I honestly don't remember. But, you know, for the next, I don't know, few weeks while I'm on tour and just going back and forth and try to get a handle on my schedule, it's, it's hard for me to sit down with guests in the studio and whatnot because I just don't have a ton of free time right now. So it's just me and uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. We are here. It's basically we're a month into the year now at this point you know, give or take a couple days and uh, some really fun stuff going on. First, first off, first off, we got to talk about the Royal Rumble, buddy. If, if, if you don't care about wrestling, you can skip the next two minutes or so. But I don't know if you guys know or remember, but about last year, it wasn't quite at this time. It's about another... Uh, couple weeks it was like i don't know i want to say like the middle of february i uh, i ran i went to atlanta to run the atlanta marathon where i completed the atlanta marathon in the worst time i've ever ran a marathon in until my marathon uh last month in vegas <laughs> i did worse then you're welcome um but anyway i uh i went to atlanta had one of the best weekends you know what you know what's crazy, you guys? I'll be honest. Um, and I've been honest, very honest on this podcast about things, you know, from 
my childhood all the way through adulthood and if you've been listening since the beginning you've you've heard a lot of stuff about my life and you know some people appreciate the transparency some people think I share too much but I think that I'm just being honest with you guys and that's really what this is all about through through my comedy through the podcast is just being honest and if I'm being honest you know even though the last year has been hard with you know getting my heart broken and all those things and just you know kind of uh I felt like you know and we talked about this during COVID but like you know right before COVID I I was working a lot stand-up wise and I felt like you know I was really about to take off and then fucking COVID happened and then you know clubs were closed down for god knows how long and then you know some of them didn't open back up and then some tried to open back up but they weren't making money, so then they ended up closing, and just, you know, it's it's kind of been a struggle post-COVID for, like, comedy clubs, especially, like, the smaller ones that tend to book me, because, you know, I tend to get booked at the B&C clubs, especially when I headline, you know, it's mostly B&C clubs, and if you don't know what a B&C club is, just think, like, the improv, you know, that's like an A club, those are the clubs that are going to bring in big name headliners, you know, you're... I don't know who's a fucking big name. Your Matt Rifes, your uh, Whitney Cummings, and I mean, even though those people are kind of doing theaters, you know, if they book clubs, they do clubs like that. Chris Porter's, I mean, he's mean very big. Mark Norman, Sam Morell, like, you know, Legion of Skanks guys, you know, Shane Gillis, you know what I mean? Those people are, are working like the Improvs. That's an A club. Then you have like a B and C club, like say the Looney Bin that I've worked a bunch of times or, you know, the club that I worked this weekend, Crackpots and Maslin, like those are B clubs. And, uh, you know, a lot of the B and C clubs, you know, sadly didn't make it because they, you know, some of them are, most of them are, are, you know, independently run, you know, they're not, they're, they have private, you know, ownership, whether it be a family or whoever, it's not like the improv or even like the funny bone where it's a chain of comedy clubs you know or now like house of comedy for example that i you know am fortunate enough to work at those clubs but they only have what like five or six whereas like the improvs got i don't know what 40 or so i don't know maybe not that many but they've got them in a lot of cities you know i I can think of we've got five or six improvs just here in california in southern california brea improv Ontario, uh, Irvine, Hollywood Improv, then you go up the, you know, drive up a little bit, you got Oxnard, you've got San Jose, you know, that's what, seven improvs just within, you know, um, you got improvs in Tempe, you've got them in Dallas and Addison, um, or Arlington, I mean, they're all over the place, so that's an A club and that's, and that's a B club, and, you know, COVID happened and then it kind of set me back, you know, and then, you know, obviously I was in Oklahoma and trying to work my way back to LA. And then when I finally did just things, it took a while to get things going. And one would argue they, you know, uh, uh, way longer than they should have been. And, you know, over the last few months, like, especially like from like, say like, I mean, really like from like spring, even like winter, because winter was good, but that was just more me working on the road and stuff, but, you know, for me, comedy-wise, I felt like last year was kind of, you know, I I finally 
took steps back to where I was close to where I was or where I thought I was, you know, when COVID happened. And, you know, I've been just been trying to just keep that momentum going, you know, not take my foot off the gas because I can't afford to, you know, I can't let up. And, you know, things are finally starting to like kind of fall into place and whatnot. And, it, and it's hard because, you know, for every gig I get, there's, you know, 10, 15, 20 gigs that I don't get. But like, I just, again, I can't let off the gas pedal. And so, you know, my point was, is that even though last year was hard, you know, emotionally, like I did have great weekends, you know, like, I mean, great, just, just really cool things that I got to experience last year, you know, and I talked about it, you know, in the episode, I think, I don't know, maybe I didn't do a recap. I don't honestly don't remember anymore. But um, if you remember me going to Atlanta, I'll just recap really quick. I went to Atlanta to run the marathon. Got to hang out a little bit with my buddy Nick Valencia. He was on the podcast before. He's over at CNN, and um, he ran the race with me. He did the half. I did the full. But I also got to go to Mystic Falls, uh, which is in Covington, Georgia. But Mystic Falls is the fictitious city where the Vampire Diaries took place, and that was so fun for me. You know, just kind of reliving my favorite show of all time. And then, if you guys remember, I got to go. I went to Cody Rhodes' gym that's outside of Atlanta called Nightmare Fitness. And I worked out, and I was hoping that he would be there, and he was, and I got to meet him. Um, And if you don't remember the story, let me just recap. So, Cody Rhodes is my favorite wrestler. And there's a number of reasons, you know, I can get into I'll get into it. I've, I've talked about it before, but, you know, he was the son, or he is the son of Dusty Rhodes, who is a famous wrestler you know, like in the 70s and 80s and kind of like the working man, you know, that was his kind of gimmick, you know, son of a plumber. And, you know, he, he was he came to WWE kind of at the tail end of his career. But like his real heyday was like NWA. He got to beat Ric Flair for the championship. It was just a whole thing, you know, and Cody was his son and he and Dusty was loved by everybody. And, you know, his brother, his older brother, Dustin's also a pro wrestler. You know, he was in WWE. And, uh, you know, it's hard to be like, you know, to have to follow in someone's footsteps. And anyway, long story short, Cody came into WWE, you know, did all the things, most of the things, and then kind of like got annoyed with what they were doing with his character and felt like, you know, they were, they kind of gave him a shitty character and he couldn't really do the things that he wanted to do and he couldn't grow. And, you know, he, his main goal was to be WWE champion which is everybody's goal you know it should be everybody's goal you know it's just like if you're playing if you're playing a sport you know your goal is supposed to be to win championships although as we know some players just take the money and they're content with not being winners and you know I mean they laugh all the way to the bank but there's some people that are driven by winning you know Kobe is a prime example even though his last contract RIP Kobe kind of handcuffed the Lakers a little bit he always wanted to win you know and maybe he just took that money at the end of his career because he knew that no matter what, the Lakers weren't going to be able to put enough talent around him to win. Who knows? Um, R.I.P. Kobe, we love you forever. Hashtag Mamba forever. Um, but, uh, you know, if you don't want to win a championship, you really shouldn't be in sports, you know, especially professional sports. And so the same thing goes with, like, a year wrestler. Like, I mean, if you're a wrestler, it's different now because now you have people that are getting recruited that maybe aren't necessarily wrestlers, but maybe they're athletes, and then the WWE 
recruits them. It's a whole thing. But anyway, um, a lot of people that wrestle, especially like people that are like my age and a little bit younger and you know, you know people that came before, um, you know, you grow up wanting to be the champion of the best wrestling organization in the world. And so he wanted to be the champion because his dad was never the champion. His dad was never WWE champion. He won the NWA title and a bunch of other titles. But anyway, long story short, Cody was fed up with what WWE was doing to him. So he left. And I don't know what you guys know about wrestling, but I'd love to have Cody on the, sh- the podcast one day. Cody, if you're listening, fucking anytime, buddy. You're welcome. Um, the WWE is the biggest, or it's like, you know, it's like UFC for fighting. Although, there, the, the thing is, if you're a, 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 an MMA fighter, you can go to other organizations and still make decent money. But the amount of money that WWE pays its people is far superior. And the reach that they have versus all the other wrestling promotions is way bigger. Like, WWE is the pinnacle, dude. Okay? And so when you are at the pinnacle and, you know, a a pretty successful member of that pinnacle, and then you decide to leave because you're unhappy, like, that, that... that, that makes waves. And so Cody went out and fucking wrestled on the independent scene, you know, doing shows in front of 200 people, you know, going from performing in front of 15 to 20,000 people or more a night, you know, to these little fucking high school gyms and whatnot in the middle of nowhere with, like I said, 200, 300 people, if that maybe sometimes. And he wanted to reinvent it himself. He wanted to put in the work and build something on his own and then he hooks up with the young bucks you know they 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 sell out chicago young bucks you know from rancho cucamonga i've talked about them before on this podcast they're the ones that kind of got me excited about wrestling again you know with aew and whatnot because i hadn't been watching wrestling for a long time um they sell out you know the united center in chicago for an independent show which had never been done before the largest independent show ever all in and the rest is kind of history. And then he ends up, you know, being an ex- executive vice president for AEW when AEW forms. Um, and then, you know, a couple years ago, he decided to leave for various reasons um, and come back to the WWE. And now he's on the verge of, you know, hopefully becoming the WWE champion after winning the Royal Rumble this past week. Um, so just a crazy, you know, inspiring story of a guy that you know, took a gamble on himself, bet on himself, and now it's paying off. You know, he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now. He's one of the most beloved wrestlers. You know, people are comparing him as a likable character to, like, Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan was in his heyday, and he's a great dude. Like, and so anyway, if you guys remember the story, or if you're new here to this podcast, I don't even remember what episode it was, but, you know, I went to his gym hoping that he would be there, and he was there, but... If you know me, I don't like interrupting people at the gym. I will not do it. (laughs) Because when I'm working out, I don't want to be interrupted. So because of that, I don't interrupt other people when they're working out. And I'm certainly not going to interrupt somebody who's essentially on their way to WrestleMania. Because at that point, it was already booked that he was going to be in the main event in WrestleMania. And so he's obviously got to work out because that's literally part of his job to look a certain way and to have the strength to do the things that they do in the ring, you know, and, uh, I didn't want to bother him, but the girl, shout out to, uh, uh, what's her name, Carolyn, uh, over at Nightmare Fitness, 
and uh, you know I bought some merch when I was there and she asked me if I was a Cody fan and I said yes and then she asked me if I wanted to meet him she's like did you see him I was like yeah she's like did you say hi I was like no I didn't say hi I'm not going to interrupt the American Nightmare <laughs> which is his nickname during his workout he's big too by the way he's got to be 6'3", 6'4", you know, a good 225, 230, like a well put together guy. And I'm not interrupting him during his workout. So then she's like, no, 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 let me go get him. I'm like, don't get him. She's like, no, I'll go get him. And she goes, gets him, he comes, he shakes my hand, you know, asks, you know, just asks me a bunch of questions. I mean, he didn't have to, I mean, I talk about it, he didn't have to do that, dude. Like we talked for like 10 minutes. And if you, if you've ever worked out, which if you listen to this podcast, hopefully you do, but like, he stopped the workout, you know, the blood stops flowing and it was just, it was a whole thing. So the fact that he took time out of his getting ready, you know, they call it the roads to WrestleMania, you know, workout to come just fucking spend 10 minutes with me when he didn't have to, like I will forever, That it's a, and there's no cameras, you know, everybody, you know, I always talk about, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, John Morant, who I've talked shit about many times on this podcast because I delivered weed to his house when I was delivering weed and I didn't get a fucking tip on a 600 plus dollar delivery. Fuck Ja Morant. And then I see this viral video of him giving a girl this tip at a restaurant that was like, I don't know, $200. I don't even remember. It was a large amount for a server to get tipped. And it was like, you know, she was putting on her phone. And I'm like, yeah, when the cameras are rolling, dude, it's very easy to be nice and charitable. But when the cameras aren't rolling and there's nobody around, it's a whole different thing. And fucking Cody Rhodes took that time to just have one-on-one interaction with me when he didn't have to. And I will forever be a fan and forever be, you know, just grateful to the fact that he did that. So he, he, he gets to win the Royal Rumble, which means he now gets to main event WrestleMania and fight Roman Reigns and uh, hopefully, as they say, finish the story and win that belt that his dad never got to win. So it was just really cool to see and you could see him uh, in the ring, just, you know, emotional, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, wrestling's scripted, they know ahead of time, like probably some of these guys know what the end line is going to be months in advance, you know, but to see some of these people like break down, you know, when the crowd is you know, just going crazy for them, and, you know, th- those are real emotions, and you know, some of the girls uh, this Saturday got really emotional, like, there were some moments in, in the Women's Royal Rumble when you could tell, like, the fans were into it, and the, the, it, you can't help, I mean, that's, that's, I don't even know how many people were there, honestly, they were at Tropicana Field, where the, the, the race play, so that place probably seats 40,000 people or so, so you assume that there was about 40,000 people there, just going crazy for you like that's gotta you know whether it's scripted or not like that's a real moment you know feeding off of that fan those fans energy it's just like doing stand-up you know and uh it was just really cool to see you know the fans giving it to him and it, it couldn't happen to a better guy so not that he's listening but i was very excited i was literally i had a I, you know i had shows in ohio this weekend which went so well and i'll talk about that in a second but um I had two shows on Saturday and I was supposed to do a third show in Cleveland, which is like an hour from where I was, but I got out of the show so late and I had to wait for them to pay me. And so I wasn't going to make it in time for the show. And I had to text the guy and tell him I wasn't going to make it. I was, I was really bummed. I really wanted to go because they, they run a really good show also. And, you know, I just, I'm a, I'm 
a whore for comedy, you know, I want to get in front of as many people as I can. But so anyway, so I got back to my Airbnb, which by the way, shout out to Chris Kettler and Crackpots Comedy Club in Maslin, Ohio. Um, just took absolutely great care of me this weekend. Put me in an Airbnb. You know, as you guys know, I don't always get a place to stay when I'm performing somewhere. Sometimes I get a hotel. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes they have a condo for the place. Sometimes they don't. Um, and when he told me I was going to be in an Airbnb, I was like, an Airbnb in Maslin? Like, what's that going to look like, you know? And it turned out it was a really cute. I say cute because it was like, a, you know, Maslin's a really old town. You know, they were, uh, I forget, I did the research the last time I went, but they were part of like a booming, you know, like when everybody was moving west, they were kind of like one of the gateways to the west. I forget what trade they were popular for, but it was it was kind of a hub, you know, back in the day. And so there's, you know, it's a decent size city. I don't know the exact population, but let's just say 50,000 or so, you know, which when you see it, you're like, really? But yeah. And, uh, and I don't have time to look it up right now either, but, (laughs) um, this, you know, so all the houses are very old looking, you know, there's a very, uh, specific architecture. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but you can tell it's old. So I stayed in this nice little old house. Um, but the decor was so pretty and cute and, you know, it was, a I guess these people have other Airbnbs throughout the city there. And the one that I stayed in was called the Utopian one. <laughs> and so it was, you know, really bright with the, you know, bright, vibrant colors, which remind me of, you know, some of the decor that I have, you know, as, as an artist, bright colors and stuff like that really produce a certain energy that helps you be more artistic. I've heard and I've read and I liked colors before I, you know, kind of considered myself an artist. Um, so it makes sense, you know, that I had some of these bright items and then I find out that it promotes, you know, creativity and what. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so it was just really cute and uh, clean. And I will be honest, a little creepy. It was, uh, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram or anything, but it was right next to a cemetery. I'm talking driveway, gate, and then about 10 yards on the other side of the gate is a cemetery. And attached to the cemetery is an old Catholic church. And the Catholic church was very pretty on the outside, um, but very old and... You know, I wouldn't want to be in there at night. And then there was a fucking cemetery right there, too. And I definitely was creeped out a little bit. And also, like, it's this one of these towns that's so small that it's just quiet at night, you know. And it was an old house, so the heat... And it was really cold outside, so, like, the heat was on. And it's one of those houses where the heat comes from, like, underneath, you know, I guess. There's vents, like, on the floor kind of thing. And you hear everything... You know, you hear literally every little creak or when the air kicks on or just like houses, you just hear a crack. Like, what the fuck was that? And then there's a cemetery next to it. So it was was kind of a trip. But um, PD got stoned one night and took a walk through the cemetery. Why? I don't fucking know, dude. I'll post about it on YouTube. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It was a very small cemetery, but it was still creepy because, you know, cemeteries in the old days. And maybe it's just an East Coast thing, but... You know, in California, I read it somewhere, but you can't really put above-ground headstones anymore. I forget why, but 
you know, if you go to cemeteries, the only ones that are above ground are like old ones. Everything else has to be flat, like those flat, you know, stones that, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know, headstone, I don't know. Um, and so it's this old, like I said, it's this old building, uh, this old cemetery, and I don't know, like I said, I, I videoed my walk through the cemetery <laughs> just for funsies, so there you go, you're welcome. I, uh, whatchamacall, what was I going to say? Um, it was such a great, uh, it was such a great weekend, you guys. Like, I don't know, I talked about it last week, but I I, I really don't think I got into it as much last week because it was, like I said, it was, I just wanted to say hello and kind of get into it, you know? Um, but I've been... <laughs> yeah, we'll be open. Like I said, I did some really cool shit last year. <laughs> I did and got some really cool gigs and went to some really beautiful places. You know, I you know, I, if you if you've been listening a while, you know, I had I spent the summer, you know, in all these beautiful mountain towns, you know, that I kept getting booked at from you know, from uh what was Steamboat Springs, Colorado to Medford, Oregon to Grants Pass, Oregon, just these really pure, really pretty mountain towns that have me thinking that I might want to live in a mountain town, you know, and uh, just, you know, like and getting to go to WrestleMania and getting to headline more and more clubs and, you know, getting my highest paying gig thus far headlining a club and a big club too, you know. And just stuff like that just really, like, is fun. But, you know, again, I am I was still trying to recover from a broken heart, which is hard, you know. And, uh, you know, so, like, bittersweet, some of the victories that I got to have. And they obviously, you know, still have clubs that won't fuck with me and email me back and whatnot. And uh, over the last few weeks... You know, I've been working my ass off, (laughs) like just completely working my ass off. But also, again, kind of, you know, I was kind of inspired. I don't know. I'm sorry if I repeat myself sometimes. I have so many podcasts, I forget what I talk about sometimes. But, um, you know, I met this girl a few weeks ago when I was in New Mexico. I know I mentioned her before, but you know, she, she ghosted me, (laughs) I think, I don't know, but, um, I don't know, I, I, I had a really great time with her, and it really, like, not that I'm not inspired, but, like, she, something about the energy that she put off, or whatever, really inspired me to write, like, some new bits, and then, I've been writing a lot of new bits, and then, you know, trying them out, but, like, it's hard to try out new bits when I'm, you know, performing somewhere for the first time because you know you want to do great and sometimes you're not sure if the bit's gonna work and so you're afraid to tell the bit you know because you don't want to eat dicks telling the bit and it's just a whole thing it's it's quite the artistic process that we go through as comedians you know there's a fine line where it's like you know you want you you want to work out new material because it helps you get better but also you want to do well because some of these people have never seen you before most of these people 
have never seen me before. So obviously, I want to live and leave a great impression. So it's it, it's it's picking your it's it's you know picking choo- picking and choosing when you know you're going to insert a new bit and start working on. It. And you know, I've been telling people, I'm like, hey, this is a new this is a new bit. It's not ready yet. But when you guys, when it's finished, you know, and I mean, it's never really finished, you know, as some comics might say, but you know, when it's in its fully presentable form, it's going to be great. I always, I can always tell when I write something like, yeah, this is going to be the next, you know, this is going to be the new, this is going to be the new thing. I get really excited about certain bits and, you know, when I met her, I wrote a bit that I got really excited about and I started to tell it and it works. And so I've been writing just so much lately and trying to work it out, but also just like, I don't know, man, I feel like for me, you know, LA kind of, I mean, I finally feel like things are back to normal here. You know, they, LA post COVID is not the same and it hasn't been the same, but it's starting to feel like it did before. You know, I don't think, well, I think we'll always have the scars, you know, that are left over from COVID, but for the first time, it's like, oh yeah, like, we're, we're just about back, you know, certainly fucking traffic is back, <laughs> like, it is fucking worse than it's ever been before, I'm uh, actually recording this while I'm in traffic, <laughs> you're welcome, it has taken me, it's gonna, by the time I'm done with this, this will have taken me an hour longer than it did which is why I'm doing it in the car because I'm not going to have time when I get home tonight. Um, long story, but anyway, (laughs) so I've just been in a really good place mentally. Like, you know, I always, you know, depression is something I don't think is ever going to go away, you know, just from my childhood trauma and just the things that I've dealt with. And, you know, I've always had these kind of scars, you know, that I hold, and, but like over the last few weeks, I've just been, I just felt really happy, (laughs) like not forced, not just like in a good mood, artistic juices flowing, even though my time is very limited and just, and there's so much great shit happening, you know, like if you know me, you know, I love Justin Timberlake and he's dropping a new album. He's already released his first single and he performed his second single on SNL this weekend and you're just like holy shit so he's about to go on tour you know Blink got back together and they're going on tour and you know my favorite wrestler you know is probably going to become WWE champion and it's just like all these really cool things but then on top of that I'm fucking headlining places and selling merch and people are following me after shows and it's just I feel like it's all coming together like I felt that way right before COVID and then COVID fucked it up and I've been picking up the pieces ever since and it's just like you know I'm thinking about like I'm in this little town Maslin and you know these people are all you know working class you know middle America and I just had the best time dude like you know people just out to have a good time and people seem so appreciative of the fact that I was from LA and it's like you know they don't care that I'm not famous they just they're just there to enjoy the show and they did you know I enjoyed them they enjoyed me and it's just like this back and forth and you know getting to meet people and 
you know, meet women that, you know, think I'm funny and want to flirt with me. And it's just this, this whole new set of experiences. And like, like I said, again, headlining more and, you know, it just feels great, dude. And, and you know, I thought about it like, you know, I, I got really emotional as uh, I went to the airport this weekend and I wrote a long post about it. I posted it on Facebook and Instagram. If you're not following me, Peter Sirs on Instagram. Peter Sirs on Facebook, Peter Sirs what on Twitter, because I got kicked off the first time. Um, but just talking about like how, you know, I'm 11 years into comedy, you know, I'm obviously not famous, I'm trying to be as, you know, famous as people let me, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to people if I'm famous or not, whether they follow me, whether they share my reels and clips and everything. All that shit helps, dude. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. That's how people go viral. People share their content. And I post funny fucking clips on the internet. And some of you guys don't fucking share it. And I'm going to be honest, it pisses me off a little bit. Because some of my friends will send me the stupidest fucking shit that they think is funny. I'm like, hey, asshole, why don't you fucking share my clip that actually is funny? Help your friend become famous. Help the guy who hosts the podcast that you're listening to. Help him become famous, dude. That's what it is. Okay? Share my shit. I'm about to fucking... I don't know if I'll have time to do it today, but by the time you guys hear this uh, this funny clip, this joke that I wrote, and I told it on stage for the first time, and it fucking worked, and it's the best feeling, and it just goes along to what I've been... But like, Anyway, my point is, I made this long post about just how... I, got, I just got really emotional, dude. Like, I'm getting on a plane, and I'm going to headline another comedy club. And I headlined last weekend, and I'm going to places like Wisconsin, and I was in Ohio, and this weekend I'm going to Vancouver. And, you know, next weekend I'm going to be... Oh, actually, I was supposed to go to Minnesota next weekend, but um, I'm rescheduling those gigs because the headliner wants to bring his guy, and it's whatever, dude. That's I was supposed to feature, and sometimes headliners don't want to work with a feature that they don't know. And not that he has anything against me personally, but there's a lot of headliners. I'm not one of them, but there's a lot of headliners that don't want, like, someone they don't know opening for them. One, because they might suck. You know, they don't want to fuck up the show, because that that does happen. I can't tell you how many times I had. (laughs) Matter of fact, oh, God, I don't... I won't say the gig, because it'll give it away, but I recently did a headline gig. (laughs) And the club owner came up to me during uh, the features set. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Peter, uh, table three. <laughs> and he told me where the table was. There's these two girls, and they don't like they don't like the feature. They want to leave. But I told them that if they stayed and watched you, they wouldn't want to leave. And if they still want to leave after watching you for a few minutes, I'd give them their money back. But, you know, just a heads up. And... I went up there, and I fucking came out swinging, and they didn't leave. And they were really happy, and they had a great time, and I'm happy for that. So I get why some headliners don't want a stranger to open for them for that reason. But also, there are some headliners that want to bring their person with them. One, because the road gets lonely. I will say that. The road gets fucking lonely. And I've talked about that on here. You know, it does get lonely at times. I, I do find myself, you know, like just maybe wishing I had someone to share it with, whether it be a significant other or maybe just, 
you know, being successful enough to also bring my own feature. But um, some guys don't want to get set up with just any feature because they don't want that person to be funnier than them. So they know that if they bring their friend, whoever that is, that that person will be funny enough to do the job, but maybe not so funny they overshadow. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've featured for somebody and then they come up, people come up to me, you should have been the headliner. I'm like, I know, but it's fine. This guy did his work. He put in his work. He's being rewarded. And I hope that someday I'll also be rewarded. And I'm finally starting to be rewarded for, for, for that work in some places. So anyway, um, they asked me something about the headliner. His car broke down, so he wanted to bring his own guy. I was like, you know what, dude, let him do it. Because if he's already asking, then that means that he probably wants to bring his own guy. I said, it's fine. So I'm not going to be in Rochester, uh, Minnesota, February 16th and 17th or whatever those dates, whatever that weekend was. Um, after all, I'll be there uh, at a later date. I will be there, but we're just going to push it back a little bit. So that's fine. But, um, you know, I was just thinking, like, I'm, 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 about, I'm as I was, like I said, as I was hopping on the plane or just heading to the airport, you know, I just, I got real emotional to think of, you know, man, I started comedy 11 years ago. And I did it because my, my ex ex, two exes ago now, you know, had also, you know, we had just broken up and I was fucking devastated, just like I am after this breakup. I'm a lot better now, obviously, but, and I, but I mean, when she broke up with me, I was lost. And that's where I really learned about myself and about relationships and how much of ourselves we should give and whatnot. And, you know, like, obviously, like, you give all of yourself, but there are certain parts that I don't think your whole identity should be about a relationship. And I learned this from my therapist, but, you know, it's like, you know, there's people that like every post on social media is me and my wife, me and my husband, me and my kids and my husband, blah. It's like, that's their whole life. And I'm not saying it's not a priority and it's not the number one priority in your life. Like, obviously, if you have a family, you got to feed your kids, you got to make your spouse happy. Like, I understand that. But that shouldn't be your entire identity. Like, you got to have other things, you know, whether it's a job that you're passionate about or hobbies and things that you enjoy doing that don't involve your spouse and your kids and just things that like make you 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 know and I, I I didn't do that with my my relationship before this last one and so when she and I broke up like I was lost I didn't know what I was gonna do and then comedy came along you know a couple months later and it was like instant holy fuck this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I was supposed to be doing this whole time. I can't believe it took this set of circumstances for me to realize, but holy fuck, dude. Like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And and then, you know, the rest was history, as they say. But, you know, to think about the fact that I started 11 years and I got on stage and then now, and, and I didn't know where this journey was. I didn't know like if it was, I just wanted to try it because I had always wanted to. But that instant fucking injection of adrenaline in my veins when that first joke hit and being on stage and recognizing that I could, uh, you know, potentially get good at this 
fucking thing and maybe carve a path for myself that way and it's obviously what I've been doing these last 11 years and now the fact that I'm finally you know starting to headline more and more and like to the point where like I'm making a little bit of money and you know once I start going on cruises and all I mean I'm gonna make a really good living and then if I get famous and even an even better and really really good living and I mean who knows the sky is the limit you know that's and that's what I love about this thing it's like yeah I can make really good money just being a no-name comic that tours all over the place and sells his merch and does that and puts specials up on YouTube because they're not gonna wait for a network to fucking give them something you know just put it out there I got my special out there I know we did last quarantine you know and uh to think that now I just I just got emotional because it's like man like I've come a long way and I could have quit many times I could still quit now and I know a lot of people that have quit a lot of people that started when I started have fucking quit and a lot of people that started before I started have quit and a lot of people that started after I started have quit and I'm still here and I'm still fucking fighting I don't get a lot of help I don't have famous people that help me out that refer me to their manager and you know take me on the road with them like this is all me dude you know, like, yeah, do I have bookers I work with? Sure. Do I have to fucking bug them to get me the work that, you know, they're supposed to get me anyway? Yes. I know that. And I know where I am. I know I'm not, I'm not in demand. You know, there's not people tweeting at comedy clubs. By the way, tweet at your comedy club or post on Instagram, tag them, tag me in their posts. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that stuff helps, but it's not like I'm in demand. People aren't fucking going crazy calling comedy clubs asking them when Peter Sears is coming to town. I'm a working comic, dude. It's what it is. But I'm starting to get more and more fucking traction. And it feels great. And I'm happy. And I, and I just thought about this. Like, I'm just... And it's really sad. But this is the happiest I've been since the day that my girlfriend and I broke up. And the reason I was happy the day we broke up was because, one, I was in a relationship with the person I thought I was going to marry. And I was excited to see her because I hadn't seen her in a few weeks and she was coming to visit. And then the rest is history. She broke up with me that weekend. But um, that was the last time I think I was truly as happy as I am right now, which, you know, is sad, but also great because I'm in a much better place right now. And maybe it's the ashwagandha that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Or maybe it's just the fact that, you know, I'm finally you know, reaping some of the benefits for busting my ass for this, these last 11 years and, you know, crashing at, you know, friends' places when I get gigs and, you know, sleeping in my car overnight at fucking Pilot because the club's not putting me up to host at their venue or, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's all these different things that I've done, you know, slept in roach-infested motels, had a roach crawl across my face, fucking have you know just people want to fight me at shows and doing bar shows where no one gives a shit and you know doing shows in my hometown where nobody fucking shows up and just all these different things these battles getting rejected by comedy festivals and getting rejected by comedy clubs and bookers telling me that you know I'm not fit for their club and just all these different things man that I fucking deal with all the bullshit that I'm dealing with that I have to deal with 
in this job that I chose. And I don't expect anyone to feel sorry for me. I could easily just have a normal job. I chose this, so I have to accept all parts of it, the good and the bad. But I'm in a really good place right now. And I'm fucking, I I hate to say it, but I'm fucking crushing on stage right now. And it's, it's, it's material that I've, you know, worked out. It's attempting new stuff. It's, it's all these different things, but it feels fucking great, dude. And, you know, you know, my workouts are staying consistent, even though I'm on the road and I'm running in fucking, you know, the snow and whatnot and running in Ohio where it was 30 degrees this past weekend, which isn't as bad as Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, but just really fucking getting after it and I'm not gonna stop dude I will not take my foot off the gas my goal I think I talked about it last week but I really do want to uh, you know I used to say that I didn't want to be on the road every weekend but over the last few weeks I've realized I am at least right now most happy when I'm on the road and fucking doing gigs and just experiencing all these things that I've experienced eating cheese curds at a fucking dive bar in Wisconsin like I did last you know last weekend like shit like that is I'm just fucking I'm embracing it and I love it and it's it just feels great dude so whatever storm you guys are going through you know just keep your eye you know keep hope keep faith and and I'm nowhere near done like I still have so much work to do, but like it is just nice to see, you know, that I'm getting some of the benefits from this work that I put in. So, with that being said, I bid you adieu. Listen to Justin Tim. By the oh, by the way, go back and watch Justin Timberlake perform on SNL this past weekend. He has a song called Sanctified that's not out yet, but he performed it and I've heard I heard a sample of it a couple weeks ago because they used it in an NFL promo and it is I I already liked the sample and I was like if this song is anything like what the sample of it is this might become one of my new favorite Justin Timberlake songs and he performed it on SNL and absolutely blew me away to the point where I was fucking screaming in the Airbnb because he was just fucking tearing it up and I was so happy for him just like I'm happy for Cody Rhodes, like my my the, the, my my heroes are thriving, and I feel like I'm winning with them, and maybe that's why I'm winning also because I I get inspired by shit like that, and just go back and watch it, dude. He, his his new single "Selfish" is so good, and <laughs> it, it gave me all the feels. It's an amazing song, but "Sanctified" is a whole other fucking level, dude. And he fucking crushed it on SNL. Like I'm talking. If there has ever been a better live performance on SNL, I want you guys to show me because I've never seen it. He fucking crushed it. So, fucking props to Justin. I can't wait to concert tickets go on sale. They go on sale this week. I have the money, so we're fucking good there. Don't have to overpay. I just hope that Ticketmaster doesn't fuck me in the asshole with fees and fucking, you know, resell and all that fucking bullshit, dude. But either way... Things are looking good, you guys, and I'm really happy right now, and I'm just going to keep putting that positive energy out. Just take care of yourselves. Take care of your health. Eat well. Exercise. You guys know all that. You know what I preach. 
and uh, you know just you know keep your eye on, on, on the good man it helps you know don't 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 forget to take time out of your day to do things that you love maybe not every day but don't forget to do the things that you enjoy doing you know I know I talked about that last week with the baseball and stuff like just don't forget that you guys with that being said I am going to be at the house of comedy this weekend in Vancouver British Columbia Canada that's right Petey's going north of the border again I'll be there Thursday through Sunday I'm featuring Friday or Thursday through Saturday and then I'm headlining that Sunday February 4th um, that'll be this weekend house of comedy if for some reason you're from Vancouver hit me up I'll be opening for for, for Ryan Davis who has been on a bunch of stuff He's like kind of famous, um, so I'm really excited to work with him. Never met the guy. I heard he's cool. Um, and then next weekend, I will be at the uh, what the fuck is the name of the comedy club? Great Falls Comedy Club in in Auburn, Maine. I'm going to fucking Maine next week, you guys. See again, dude. Fucking Maine. I'm going to Maine. Remember when you were a kid, especially if you were you know from Southern California like I am. And you looked at the map of the United States and you saw Maine all the way the fuck on the other side of the country. Yeah, that's where I'm fucking going. You better believe I'm going to a fucking lighthouse. And even though I hate seafood, you better believe I'm going to have some fucking Maine lobster. And if it's gross, fuck it, dude. Dip that shit in butter and let's see what happens. <laughs> but I'm excited, dude. So that's where I'm going to be the next couple weeks. Um, I also, if you're anywhere, if you're going to be in L.A., I'm going to do, I was trying to do a monthly show here. Um... But since I'm gone every weekend, uh, my next one's not till March 2nd. But if you're in L.A. or in the L.A. area, um, the next Peter Sirs and Friends is going to be March 2nd in Hollywood. So save the date for that. And then just keep following me on social, man. Don't forget to rate this podcast, review it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. Um, this has been the Camera Ads 10 Pound, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.